skeletons and shivers down your spine. Shrieking skulls will shock your soul and seal your doom tonight. Spooky, scary skeletons speak with such a screech. You'll shake and shudder in surprise when you hear these zombies shriek. We're so sorry, skeletons, you're so misunderstood. You only want to socialize. I he sees you when you're sleeping. He sees you when you're sleeping. He sees you when you're sleeping. He fucking sees you when you're sleeping. Oh, he sees you when you're sleeping. 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 He fucking sees you sleeping when you're sleeping. Yeah, we are not doing anything illegal in this basement because this is lots of the pasta. So this is Christmas special part two. This is this is going to be the Christmas Eve episode. Crystal Mary Mathis. You know what? Where where it's it's Frowns McBingle Hopper and it's uh <laughs> Death McDeath Burgers and we're we're raining this 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 New Year's in with you. You're gonna be sitting tight with us. Your panties are wet. They are moist, dripping, while you are holding on to your loved ones or your bongs, whatever is the closest thing to you that keeps you warm at night, right? I mean, right? For the most part, like, uh, like honestly, like, what else am I doing this Christmas other than what you just literally described? Well, you're not doing the second part, right? And if you're holding on to a bowl, it is going to be a bowl of cranberry sauce. <laughs> That's Thanksgiving. So or it's your girlfriend on the rag. Oh, so, so ah, so this yeah. is so this is part two of the Christmas special, lots of pasta, and um. Part one was probably pretty long. This one might might be shorter. Uh, yeah, this one had better be shorter. Not but you know, it's Christmas. Long. You know, I don't know if I don't know if this podcast is gonna survive to next Christmas. You know, so like <laughs> we're gonna live it up. We're gonna do it up because I think I'm probably gonna stop after like a hundred. What? And at this point, we're 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 at this is the this is technically the seventh filmed one that we've done so i mean like we gotta we can we got a lot more months what am i gonna use to impress all the boys <laughs> your your blow blowy skills i tell them that i'm a star what am i gonna show them <laughs> this is this is a podcast with like 30 views and like a single like <laughs> you know what that's something it's, even if the like is yours <laughs> it's, not, it's not it's not it's not any either of ours how would you know? I know I I have a friend who lives in Colorado, I shit you not, who his first comment on our first video was asterisk hits bong. <laughs> At like the first discrepancy mark of the first episode, I was like, it's better to listen to this if you're not sober. And his his comment was hits bong and that is exactly what we authorize you to do specifically on christmas if you ain't hitting something that ain't a present you know that ain't your your grandma's eggnog then you're a pe- pheasant yeah then if you're you a small ate, bird if you ate 420 let it burn on fire then you're not quite living up this new year's eve to party with the big hounds I mean, let's be honest. Like, what what kind of person are you going to be in 2017 that that isn't going to be 420 blaze it? 
421 blazing. <laughs> okay, so, um, you know, I guess we could start with, like, a little bit of conversation. If there was some, um, you know, how did how did you feel about this year? Like, 2016 as a whole. I feel like this year started off very rough for me. But um, now things are falling into place. Things are better. Things are phenomenal. And they're only going to get better in the next upcoming weeks of the new year. And I'm seeing one of my favorite bands next week. I am extremely excited about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry I won't be there. I'm going to be in New York. The... um Getting all the that Manhattan bright, bright lights, big city to get that Rogue One midnight premiere with and my uncles, titties. and I'm seeing a good a good friend I haven't seen in a long time. So we're gonna have a good time. We're gonna be uh, we're gonna be in a galaxy far, far away, and by that I mean mentally because we're gonna be high when we're watching that movie, my friend. You will not be high. It's not gonna be Rogue One. It's gonna be Rogue Blunt. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be. None of those, because we are straight edge, and I'm very ashamed that you're trying to defame yourself. Well, we're coming on 2017, and I'm getting fucking sick of it. Listen, when we get to 2020, uh, the month of April will be a glorious month. Are you on my calendar? <laughs> yeah. You, he, he just had an epiphany, everyone. I and saw. Apparently in three years on April 20th, something really crazy is going to happen. When you lose your marbles, you gain insight. <laughs> I've lost. How old will I be in 2020? 2020s. I'll be 28. Oh, fuck. I'll be 29. Yeah. I'll be 28. Oh. Shit. Shit. <laughs> I mean that's a while away. I'm overreacting. I feel fucking old. old. You know, we're I'm going on twenty five and you are twenty five now. So it's like that's 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 it's the worst age. Gaging, I'm already fifty. It's uh seriously explain this. Yeah, you basically double your age. When you're gay, why? Because nobody wants you when you're old. What is that's not true. I know a lot of happy old gay couples. So we're gonna start with a, a longer story, but I'm gonna let you start it he's letting jesus take the wheel y'all you could read okay guys we're gonna start off with a little bit of we wish you merry christmas tomorrow the day children had long waited for was coming christmas day in the silent and starry night john woke up in the middle of his deep slumber a cold seized his skin and flesh crawling down deeper into his bones it became too cold for him to handle he hopped out of his bed grabbed his thick and furry cock and jacket from the hook on the floral wallpaper walls he quietly lurched out of his room going downstairs where the unnerving creaking floorboard sounded coming from it was the sound that had awakened him the noise gave the kid goosebumps he shivered as silently as he listened to the sudden disturbing sound and felt an odd sensation of fear he couldn't explain step by step he descended down the stairs holding his breath he was halfway across the stairs when he noticed a fat 
round figure of a man in the living room standing just in front of the Christmas tree. It held in its hand a large rectangular box. You know, more boxes again. You know, why, why do we keep dealing with all these boxes? Because it's fucking Christmas. You know what? Uh, don't wrap my shit in a box. Give me cash. Rectangular box wrapped in a Christmas wrappers tied with a shiny red ribbon that formed a bow tie shape thrown into the figures. Black was a huge black bag. <laughs> Seemingly black and heavy. It was filled with two things. He had no idea what. At the figure's head was a red upside down hat cone. <laughs> with a fluffy cotton ball on its lips. <laughs> on its face was a messy silver beard that flowed down from his chin. And in his other sack was shoe and shoelace. <laughs> it was him. Before he was able to shout in joy, the figure spoke in a hint of sorrow event in his raspy voice. <laughs> he urged himself to stop. I thought children didn't believe in me, but you still did. You're a great fanatic of me, and I appreciate it as you appreciate my efforts. But that reason is not enough. I'm doing this to avoid the true rumors of my existence from spreading all over the world. I have done this countless times and I hope it is my last. I should have died years ago. <laughs> you have already seen me, John. I'm sorry, but I need to eliminate you. A mystery must remain a mystery. You are not in my naughty list, but still, I must do what I must. The figure faced him, stared sadly at his teary eyes. His happiness had already faded to terror, but he knew about it. The figure set a box down to the foot of the Christmas tree. Slowly, the figure dropped the black bag onto the floor and opened it wide, revealing a blood-soaked bodies of dead children. The menacing sight made him want to shriek for help, but he couldn't move his lips. Maddening gaze, still frozen at the boy. He pulled out a long pointed dagger from his black bag. I wish you a Merry Christmas, John! Forgive me! The figure spoke as he rushed to the petrified child, his dagger gleaming bright crimson in the darkness. And I, I liked your Santa voice, I'll say that much. And I was bad. Franz McBoohoo is taking a bathroom big. So I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take this opportunity to start the long, the long story that we have saved for Christmas, so that I don't bore him out of his fucking mind. Um, I'm sorry if this one sucks. Um, most of these Christmas stories have been kind of a disappointment thus far, but I mean, uh, what else is new? It's fucking Christmas. Salty. <clears throat> the story's called The Ringer. It's from Creepypasta. There is quite a large chance of meeting some weirdos while walking through the streets of any even slightly significant city in the U.S. at night. This is especially true around or on pretty much every holiday on the calendar. Why was out for a nighttime stroll to admire Christmas lights at 11.30pm on Christmas Eve? God only knows. 
However, the events following that night were some of the oddest I had ever experienced. As I have already stated, I was casually strolling on my way down a street in my hometown of Northfield, Ohio. Considering the location and season, it was, it was deathly cold, a near 10 below freezing. I was in my thick winter coat and near knee-high snow boots, but I'm the type of person who has a mild resistance to cold, so I didn't pay much mind at the freezing weather. I actually partially enjoyed it. Aimlessly ambling around the streets of this town is actually quite whimsical. Observing the amount of hard work and the effort people must have put into their decorations. The houses are truly an amazing sight, and they set quite the mood. In truth, Christmas is my favorite time of the year. As I was on my way back to my home, I stopped abruptly to more closely perambulate an astonishing decoration setup. Apparently, whilst I was admiring the incredible work, a lone stranger had seemingly been watching me from afar. I didn't notice the man's presence until after I had started making my way back to my home. As a heavy gust of wind rushed in my direction, I turned around to look away from the wind so it didn't sting my face as much as it would have. Then I noticed him, just standing there, still as a statue. He was about 30, maybe 40 yards away. From what I could tell, he didn't have a coat, just maybe a sweatshirt, and he appeared to be carrying something. I big. He was carrying Franz McBoohoo. Yeah. His presence unnerved me slightly. What was a man without a coat on, doing outside in 10 degrees below zero, just gazing at passerby? I was just about to turn around and start traversing my way home when the stranger started to head in my direction. He appeared to have a staggering limp, and seemed like he could barely hold himself up, at least whatever he had on him. From where I was, it looked like he was skin and bones. As he came closer and closer, I felt the need to run, but for some reason I just couldn't. It's impossible to explain why I compelled to stay, I just did. I just simply can't give a reason for standing there like I did. The stranger speedily approached me, mumbling something. Peas and carrots, peas and carrots, peas and carrots, peas and carrots! The only thing I could make out was something about a burden being released and a curse. Something you'd hear out of a gypsy's mouth. Gypsy! He shoved the box into my arms and ran off, thanking me for whatever reason. The box was your typical, generic, cliche Christmas present box. A small perfect cube with a lid slightly bigger than it on top. The box itself was green, with the perfect red ribbon making a pattern on it. In simpler terms, it was something like you'd see on a movie or a TV show. The odd man had already sprinted out of sight before I could utter a thank you. I suppose he really wanted to get rid of it, but why? I saw nothing wrong with the gift. It looked perfectly normal. The contents may have been a bit suspicious, seeing as how it was apparent that he and I didn't open it yet. I could only assume that someone had given this to him unopened, and he thought it was a bomb or something and freaked out. Well, what he was rambling on about as he handed me the gift was odd, however. I couldn't find a logical way to piece the whole event together. All I know is that afterwards, I speed-walked my way back to my house, considering it was quite late into the night anyway. I entered into the warmth of my home, removed my heavy winter gear, and plopped down on my couch, box in hand. I stared at the box for at least five excruciating long minutes, contemplating whether or not I could gain enough courage to open the box and review its contents. What if it were a bomb or a murder weapon? After about ten minutes of deep contemplation, I very, very slowly opened the box up to reveal a bell. A simple, nearly insignificant bell. The thing couldn't have been more than three inches in height. I lightly grasped it and ever so gently lifted it out of the box. It appeared to be an antique. 
having some wear and tear, but still maintaining to hold some of its original luster. I'm not a geologist or anything, but by basic feel I could tell that the bell was made of copper. There was a tiny inscription on the inside of the bell. It was one simple word. Madness. 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 The bell that the man had on the street had given to me. I was made curious by the word. What could it possibly mean? Was I cursed? I shrugged it off, trudged through the hallway to my bedroom, and set the bell on my nightstand. After about a half hour of watching TV, I shut it off and went to sleep. My dream that night was... Well, there are very few proper words to describe it. Maybe sinister might be appropriate, but that probably doesn't cover it well. I was in my home. It seemed to be nighttime outside, and there was no lights on in my house. It, in other words, it was near pitch black. In the low visibility, I could barely see my hands in front of me. I'm not sure, but I would think I was in my living room sitting on the couch. It was cold, as if someone had turned on the AC too high or left a window or a door ajar. There I sat, in the tense darkness for what seemed like hours, or until I heard muffled sound come from my bedroom. It was nearly inaudible, but still noticeable. It was the ringing of the bell. Soft, but there. I began to stand up and walk towards the door out of curiosity. As I took each silent step closer to the door, the sound grew and grew with closeness. My bedroom door was closed, so I had to open it via the doorknob. The ringing persisted as I grappled the doorknob and twisted it open very slowly. As, I, as soon as I opened the door, I was shocked by what I saw, or more accurately, could see. Penis. A penis. Fat penis, Christmas penis. cock. Penis, penis. penis. It was the Grinch. Penis, little penis. And he had his cock out. <laughs> I sucked it. I sucked all the green Nickelodeon slime out of that. And that's how you get green eggs and ham. I couldn't see much, considering the extreme darkness. However, I knew that something was there in my room. Wait, do you know why they actually couldn't see? The amount of dank smoke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the green he needed. I could only see a dark silhouette of a slender figure. The thing had to be at least eight feet tall. It had the bell in its hand and it was ringing it vigorously, humming a tune that I didn't recognize. It appeared to be... It, it appeared not to have noticed me as I nervously nudged the door ajar. As I crept softly into the room, the figure proceeded to ring the bell, seeming to get more and more aggressive, and then quieting down after a certain period of time. <laughs> this repeated the whole time I was in the room. Let me tell you something about Pepe, alright? Pepe, <laughs> Pepe the frog was ruined by the fucking alt-right. That's why I can't find him funny anymore. Because the alt-right are practically New Age Nazis. And anyone who believes in that shit is fucking terrible. You need to get Telegram so I can send you pictures like this. And, I'm good. And wait, uh, the, the best one's coming up. <sighs> Not knowing what to do next, I was suddenly compelled to do something I normally wouldn't have done. I gently raised my arm and touched its back. The only problem? I couldn't. It was as if it were an apparition. <laughs> yeah, it's like an old man with way too much weed. <laughs> the only problem, I couldn't. I already read that. A phantom of sorts, endlessly sitting there, ringing the bell. My arm was sticking through its back and protruding through the front of its body. I jerked my arm out from inside of its transparent body. At that moment, it swiftly swiveled around to face me and proceeded to rip my guts out with long, knife-like fingers while letting out the most horrific and blood-curdling scream imaginable. It sounded like a mixture of a dying cat and metal grinding upon metal. 
The sound was ear-piercing, but not as bad as the pain. It felt as if it were in the dream, but that dream was a reality, and I was there getting my guts ripped out by this demented thing. He tossed my dismembered body across the room, and just before I woke up, I saw one minute sparkle being held by the creature. One, one, I saw one minute sparkle being held by the creature. It was the bell, nice and shiny. It appeared to be brand new. I awoke and bolted into an awkward upright position. I was drenched in cold sweat, and not to help it at all, the room seemed to be freezing. Sleep did not call me at all that night after the dream. By the time the sun rose the next morning, it was still greatly unnerved by the nightmare. Why would the bell be in the dream? Am I just unnerving myself? I asked myself as I prepared breakfast that morning. The realization finally dawning upon me, I sprinted back to my bedroom to see where the bell was and if it had moved in the night. Surely enough, it had. It was on the floor where I believed the creature was standing as the dream ended. It still had its dull brown copper tone, though. As I set it back on the nightstand, I swear I could slightly pick up the near inaudible ringing of the bell, even though it wasn't moving. I just passed it off as me being nervous over a nightmare and continued my day. The ringing persisted and never stopped until I got into bed later that night. When restless sleep did find me, the only dream that I could remember having was a flashback of the previous night's events. The man giving me the box, opening the box to reveal the bell, having the nightmare, and so on and so forth. However, at one point in the dream, I got a third-person view of myself as I was sleeping, apparently sometime before the nightmare started. The view I got could be compared to a paranormal ghost hunter surveillance camera, but more clear. It was as if I was watching myself sleep from an angle. Uh, I was going to say an out-of-body experience, you know, whatever. I noticed something was very frightening, however. In the darkness, I could just barely make out the same figure that was in my dream. It was just standing there, ringing the bell and humming the tune it was humming that night. I could barely make out its face. From what I could see, its mouth was curved into a grin of malice, with pointed and bloody teeth lining the gruesome sight. That's really about all I could see of its face besides a faint outline. I awoke yet again in freezing sweat. Now I knew this wasn't just some simple coincidence. No, this was something much more sinister. The next day, the ringing of the bell grew a little bit more aggressive. I could hear it clearly this time, so I didn't have to strain my ears to hear it. That day, I suppose I could say that it made itself known. I could have sworn that I saw the figure in reality at least five times whenever I looked into a dark room. When I did, I told myself I was going crazy and brushed it off. That night was the worst night of my entire life. The dream started at the, as the first one ended. I was a dismembered corpse lying on the floor, still looking through my lifeless eyes. I had apparently lost the ability to move as if I, I were a live soul trapped in a dead body. Everything was brighter, and I could see more clearly. However, the air was colder, and there was snow blowing through my house. The ringing, that terrible ringing, was, an aggressive, was as aggressive as ever. And I thought the thing would break if the, fi if the figure rung it any more vigorously. There were words written on the walls in my blood. They covered the entire area of the walls. Eventually, after lying there for around ten minutes, I regained the ability to move. My body was piecing itself back together, kind of like how a rewind on video would look. I was standing and able to move freely again. I took a few steps forward to investigate the writing on the walls. There was only one word on the walls written over and over and over again. Ring. 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 
This is when I lost it. I crumpled on the floor as the ringing of the bell grew to be deafening. I could hear vocals behind the rings as well. They said the accursed phrase over and over, louder and louder, in a deep demonic voice. Ring, 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 ring. Banana I screamed as loud as I could until I couldn't utter a sound with my voice. I began to inflict self-harm, trying to injure myself in any way which I possibly could, trying to will myself awake so I could get away from this nightmare of bells and the ringing. I awoke. My neighbor called the police. And after they took me to the station, they interrogated me, asked me questions, tried to provoke a response in any way. They did not succeed. I was moved from my home to a new place of living, and the bell discarded. I hated to move away from my old house, but I like this new place. The people are nice, and the whole community is really great. I love the walls here, they are so very, very white. Kind of reminds me of the snow. Ring, ring. Operator, get me Beijing, jing, jing, jing. So he. He went. Matt. So I'm gonna let you read this next one. This one should be good, actually. Oh. I like I like the, I like the title. Me too, man. Let me let me let me bring it out to you. So this title is called um. It's called a phone house top reindeer paws out jump good old me. <laughs> Up on the house top, up on the house top, up on the house top, up on the house top. We have just said it too. Oh, God. Guys, shave your beards. Let me tell you what. When they grow back in, man, they fucking itch. Like, Well, that's because every time you shave your hair, stronger hair grows in. But it itches! You know, you gotta level with here. Up on the house top. It's probably gonna be a fucking shitty story, but I'm gonna read it. It's gonna be great. Okay, do you all guys. <laughs> Bad start. Okay, <laughs> do you all got. Wait, do. <laughs> do all Bad of start. you guys. Bad start. Okay, do all of you guys remember that song? Up on the house top. That one that was burned into your brains as a kid? Constantly chanted as a harmless Christmas carol. Up on the house top, reindeer paws out to good old Sandy Claus. Down through the chimney with lots of toys. All for the little ones, girls, and hoes. Ho, 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 who would it blow? Ho, 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 who would it blow? Up on the house top, click, click, click. Down through the chimney, my good Saint Dick. On your click, click, click with a click, click here, here, click, here, click, there, click, here, click. It's not that harmless. When I was a kid, I was told by a number of my friends that they found Santa Claus to be a bit creepy and even frightening. But I always had thought otherwise. That is, until I found out that... SPOILER ALERT! There never was a Santa Claus. But if Nick never existed, why did our parents tell us about him in the first place? And you know, that's very true. You know, parents could have saved perpetuate the bullshit. I mean, listen, think how much money they could have fucking saved. Like, that's a, that's a really good point. Like, Kids are fucking expensive. Like, literally, like, they could have just made it any other day. Not bought presents, and they'd be, like, loads of money. I might do that with my kids. You know what? And just take them awesome places instead. We are the generation to do that. I think that's, uh... I actually do, I do agree with that, and I like that. 
Make memories, not materials. That's fucking right, man. Light it up. That is, until I found out that... I just wanted to hear you say it again. SPOILER ALERT! There never was a Santa Claus! But if Saint Nick never existed, why did our parents tell us about him in the first place? Were they preparing us for heartbreak with such a lie? Or were they just telling us another lie, possibly to protect us? Or were they... mad? I came up with such a theory when I had a terrible experience myself. On the Christmas Eve of 2006, I was so excited for the morning the next day that I couldn't sleep. I had already found out earlier that year that Santa Claus was a hoax. That didn't diminish my rabid love for a holiday itself. I was lying in my bed, naked, staring up into the pitch blackness of my bedroom. Madness. Naked. Usually, I slept with the door open. This guy's a freak! Because I was scared of both the darkness and the separation. This night, though, was different. My mother had to close the door because she didn't want to see me sneaking a peek of the present she had got from my older sister and me. So I accepted the darkness for just once. My mind grew distracted by the thoughts of to think about what could be lurking in the pitch black that engulfed my mind. I was concentrating on my mother's conversations with my grandma, hoping to hear something about what they got me. Grandma. <laughs> grandma got me eggnog <laughs> and grandma and bacon egg. Do you know how to make the perfect breakfast pancakes? No. It's a little bit of a uh, bacon, 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 sauce, and grandma, sauce. and grandma. But the sound of gift wrap and the tearing of tape round out their voices. That and another taint sound. It was faint sound. Faint. It was familiar. I focused on the sound while trying to figure out what that was, although almost imperceptible. It was a song! A song I knew very well. One that comforted me for my moment. Up on the housetop, click, click, clicked. Down through the chimney with good shade. Good shade dicks. Lure, lure, Dr. Death. I hopped along with but then I realized something off-putting. Maybe it was my imagination, or possibly the sound of being thrown across the house. A house does that often. A house th throws people across the house. Throws sound. That's a very possible thing. What if the house threw a house <laughs> across <laughs> its house? <laughs> Starting to get scared, I usually did when forced into... I turned on the lamp on my nightstand. I realized that to find that nothing was there aside from my dresser and a pile of clean laundry that I'd forgotten to put away. The music also abruptly stopped as I did this. Suddenly, I heard another sound. A knocking sound coming from above me. Well, more like footsteps. I realized as if a bunch of animals were walking around on the roof of my house. Reindeer? I was shocked. I bruised, gasped, 
I thought Santa didn't exist, yet here he was, the telltale first sign of his arrival. Reindeer on your roof? I heard the music start up again. This time, at a slightly louder magnitude, I could hear the words sung by unknown chorus of children again through was coming from inside my room. By now, I was intensely confused and equally as frightened. Where is this sound coming from? Why are the reindeer on my roof? Am I alone right now? Do Mama and Grandpa hear this? Countless questions flooded my thoughts as I heard the thumping from above me and the music surrounding me. They both stopped abruptly. I listened tense to see what would happen. I was frozen and now clutching the Bible that I kept under my pillow to ward off bad dreams. Well, there was your first mistake, yeah, I was kid. Say that that dude, believing in imaginary things is your first mistake. Santa, Santa is more believable. Apparently, it's a common practice that most of my family practice. I see we were all raised to be ferocious. But the Bible did not help me as I looked in horror at the new sounding coming from inside my room. Distracted inside my closet, I heard my clothes and the hangers start to rattle, and the doorknob jiggle. I was frozen in fear. None of my body could move. No matter how much my mind screamed, escape, escape, whatever it is, get away from me. The doorknob turned slowly. The door gradually opened on the way, creaking intimidatingly. I looked into the darkness, and it was my closet. The only emotion I felt at that moment was pure terror. I saw white eyes stare back at me. They didn't glow. There was nothing especially terrifying about them, despite the fact that someone was in my closet. And the eyes were white. They didn't glow. There was nothing especially terrifying about them, despite the fact that someone was inside my closet. The music started again, paralyzing me even more. If that were even possible, it was very loud now. I heard the chorus of children singing the song. It sounded different, shaky, maybe even frightened. Did they feel the same way I did? I saw whoever was in my closet emerge from the darkness into the light of my lamp. I felt tears melting in my face, my throat burning, coping high. I felt like I could scream. I wanted to scream. I needed to scream, but he would not allow me to. I don't know how his silent stare just told me not to. It was Santa Claus, but his face was not sweet, cuddly, or caring. As depicted many pictures and movies about him, he looked at me with a grim look, as if he was extremely upset at me. But that was an understatement, his overly disdainful stare. One of my favorite words, by the way, today. I love disdain. This filled me with disdain. I love saying that. That's great. I, I also like to say vicarious. I love vicarious because I hate everything, so I live vicariously through other people's happiness. I also like misanthropic. Misan which, which, what's misanthropic? Like, like reluctant? Uh, 
I'm pretty sure it's like a not reluctant, but it's like a, a you have a misanthropic view. Uh, it's, it's very nihilist. What? Glo- yeah. Gloomy. We're gonna come back to you, Dory, with the real answer of misanthropic. I was gonna say misanthropic. I like exacerbated. I That's like, another good one. I like that. Okay, Con- continue your story. His overly disdainful stare was what was making me cry. Not him being inside my room. Yeah, come anytime. Yeah, come yeah, you know, anytime, Santa. I need, uh, yeah. Maybe you could be happy next time. Maybe you could get on my bed and I could uh, suck some All presents right. out of you. Oh, okay. The music sounded like it was melting away, fading into the background. It got quieter and quieter until we were both staring at each other in complete silence. Down through the chimney with good Saint Nick. He said behind gritted teeth, his voice low and hateful. What? I choked out in reply. I didn't understand why he was telling me the lyrics to his song. You! He uttered. Suddenly, he lunged for me, but I jumped back in surprise. I nearly fell at the side of my bed, realizing the ability to move again. I sprinted towards the door and threw it open, nearly breaking it down. Santa moved quickly, grabbing hold of the shoulder of my pajama shirt. I pushed the opposite way with all of my force I could possibly in a desperate effort to make him let me go. Thankfully, he did, and I ran down the hallway. Mama! I screamed, my voice finally coming back. She whipped around in confusion, sitting on the couch with a half-tapered present. I jumped over the couch and hid behind it. Usually, I would never even attempt to jump the couch as I was terribly unathletic. Gay! But in this situation, I was the best idea possible. She stood up, a look of both fear and fury washing over her. Grandma sat on the floor next to the Christmas tree in shock. Mama immediately started toward my bedroom. Santa stood motionless in the hallway, that look of disdain on his face. He never moved until Mama charged at him with all her force. She locked her hands around Santa's throat, gripping it with so much force. And it seemed impossible. Yeah, fuck yeah, Mom. You know, they say that when a human is put in, you know, uh, a situation like this, they literally turn into animals. Like, like protecting your young is like an early carnal, primal feeling. And when you threaten a child around a mother, specifically if you're dressed like Santa Claus, you get fucked. Well, and I mean, listen, I mean, she's had a lot of experience grabbing on a wine bottle. So, like, I mean, this is a big guy dressed up in red. She could probably fucking think this is a bottle of Merlot. And she's just, you know, going for gold right now. She locked her hands around his neck, throat, ripping it with so much force that seemed impossible. She must have been powered by adrenaline and the motherly instinct to protect us. Fucking told you, primal. And a thirst for wine. Santa fell to the ground within a matter of seconds. And it was only then that Mama let go and began kicking him in the stomach repeatedly as she screamed, Bitch, don't you ever, don't you touch my kids, don't you touch my kids. All the while, that song was playing. So loud it rang through the entire house. He began singing along as he coughed up. Blood, his evil expression never changing, no matter how equally evil my mother was to him. Her sudden power and strength was ridiculous and somewhat amusing. 
Yet he remained unchanged, and sitting alone with hate until passing out. My sister opened her bedroom door to find Mama still beating Santa senseless, which must have frightened her as it did me. Grandma had called Nine Uno Uno and was describing an apparent break-in and our dress. Soon after the police came, long after Mama had determined that he wasn't waking up anytime soon, the music had stopped, and just before the sound of the police sirens came, we heard the sound of footsteps on the roof again. Later, the police determined that he was just some crazy old guy who had sneaked into the house earlier and begun hanging out in my closet for a while. He was delusional. Either that he thought he was actually Santa, or that Santa was just a Scooby-Doo-esque costume covered up his identity. But that still didn't explain the footsteps on the roof or that song. I don't think I'll ever know what really happened that night. But Christmas has never been the same for us, and I will never, ever sing that song. He sees you when you're sleeping. He sees you when you're sleeping. I've lost my mind. So again, I feel Actually, the what, I feel what the need. Up on the housetop, click, 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 click with my Glock. <laughs> you know, I I I I tend to wonder why People frowns frowns McBoohoo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ha 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 ha. I tend to think why Franz McBoonhoon is so fucking surprised that his throat hurts when he talks like fucking Ian McKellen for an entire fucking story. Ooh, I can't do it. I know, that's because you've been fucking doing it this entire time. My and throat it's... Okay, so this is going to be the last story of the Christmas special. Thanks yeah, for hanging in there with us, guys. We're approaching around the same mark as we did for the last Much one. Much appreciato. Um, what story you read for us, Mr. Death? So this next story, uh, it's the last of the Christmas pasta I have. This one's called Red Christmas. The Christmas tree in the town square stood tall for all to look at in awe. The varying reds and blues and yellows and greens and browns and greens and yellows and reds and greens and reds and greens. Shiver me, Timbers! Coiled around the towering tree like a colorful snake children tightly clutched the hands of their mothers and fathers and grinned with crooked teeth at the masterful display of the holidays. Get some fucking braces on those kids. I just made <laughs> a really cool pirate reference. It's light cast onto the empty buildings and lonely streets, emptied by the men and women standing around the spectacle. In the wake of the cheerful holiday smiles came another surprise. Snow began to fall from the sky, dressing the streets in a growing blanket of sparkling white, heavier than a flurry, yet not quite a storm children stuck their tongues out with flushed cheeks giggling as the myriad of snowflakes melted on them and for that moment in the bitter cold it seemed as though the world revolved only around that tree that stood tall in front of them but there was of course the one and only family within the small town who had decidedly rejected the invitation to be around the others alas the woman was much more content sitting idly in her chair and waiting for information regarding her husband she had told her child that he had been out working the last few days trying to her best to cover up the fact that he had, in fact, gone missing. Now, with four days gone by and nothing to show for it, all she could do was stare intently at the static on the television and neglect the wilting Christmas tree. The woman barely grasped the half-empty bottle of vodka in her hand, 
When she heard the pitter-patter of soft feet, she indistinctively placed it in the shadows beside her. Her gaze fell on the small boy that sprinted into the living room, waving a tiny turquoise blanket back and forth. Mommy! His shrill voice cutting through the buzz she had acquired from the alcohol, she winced. She been drinking too much eggnog. There's a man with a badge at the door. He said he wants to talk to you. Her daze was immediately broken as she sat upright in the chair, staring at him with a furious rage in her eyes. You open the door, she scolded. The boy stared at her for a moment before looking down only to be met with a backhand across the face. <laughs> this is mom ain't fucking around. This must be, it's Russia. This is taking place in Russia. They already established that there was snow outside and they were drinking vodka. That's enough for me. That's enough context. He stopped watching shoot. Yeah, you open, you open door, you get backhand. He in Russia, eat. door opens you. He not eat his borscht. She beat. He stepped back, grabbing his reddened face with tears brimming in his eyes. She stood up, exhaling sharply. I told you to tell me when first. When I I told you to tell me first when someone knocks. <laughs> that was terrible. I told you to tell me when first someone knocked. She sighed in exasperation, stumbling out on the living room and hugging for the wall for balance as she moved to the front door, opened a crack. Deep in the background, she could hear Frosty the Snowman playing in the boy's room. She shooed her child away, opening the door enough for her face to be seen. A police officer stood in the snow, fingers in the loops of his belts as he greeted her with a grin. She met his grin with a deep frown. What are you doing here so late? Her voice was slurred, causing the officer's expression to waver. Your husband. His voice was deep, but as soft as his expression. We've learned a bit more about where he might be. No, I'm not. It, that, is, that is soft Russian. It is nice Russian. It is not mean Russian. It's nice Russian. It's nice Russian. Her expression almost immediately changed. She stepped back, opening the door fully. The officer stepped in, raking his feet across the welcome carpet first as a blast of cold burst into the warm home. She closed the door quickly, shuddering from the bitter weather. Further down the lonely streets, there was a movement in the dark shadows beside the building and broken lampposts. A figure walked through the darkness as if it were their home. The hood on his head further veiling the little, the lithe person's face from view of the naked eye. This being walked slowly, as if savoring the bitter cold that surrounded them, as pitch-black boots left prints in the thin blanket of snow. No. The figure began to speak with no, the voice of a delicate man. It was a whisper, with the softness of an enthralling lullaby. However, there was a clear malevolence with his undertone. The soft noise sung in a low pace. It's the most wonderful time of the year bacon bacon <laughs> nobody was around to hear the man's enchanting voice however he seemed to enjoy the solitude surrounding him <laughs> under his arm he cradled a large cardboard box wrapped haphazardly with a variety of different papers a substance dribbled from the bottom corner of the box and onto the snow though the hue was unseen in the darkness. With the kids jingle bailing and everyone telling you be of good cheer. 
The shadowed man suddenly was subjected to the dim spectrum of a barely functioning streetlight. Pitch black eyes sparkled against the brightness as his pale and sunken in face was shown. However, the visual was only granted for a brief moment as he continued his troll. A droplet of crimson red sunk into the blanket of white as he passed by the streetlight. He looked forward to the police cruiser parked in front of the home that he had been traversing through the snow to find. A small grin formed on his features. His soft feet cracked against the snowy sidewalk with a purpose as he tried his best to stay within the darkness, inching closer to the home. Eventually, he stood at the front door of the dreary yet moderately lit, lit up house, and at that point he walked up to the three concrete stairs, continuously singing to himself, It's the most wonderful time of the year. He said all of his features were smiling. Does that mean like his asshole too? He had like a smile, like you know, on his nipples, like on his, his nipples were smiling. And when they say a whole house is lit, does that mean like is moderately lit up? Everybody is like smoking. Yeah, lit, He placed the box down. He placed the box down at the top step, adjusting the large ribbon that had been placed on top of it. He stood up, his grin glowing from ear to ear as he light, as the light washed over his face. A large and jagged scar ran from just beside his eye all the way to his lower jawline. He lifted his clenched fist up, wrapping it on the door a few times. He waited a moment before turning around, quickly slinking back into the shadows before the door was opened. The woman had taken her place back in the reclining chair. The officer stood awkwardly as he explained the current situation to her, purposefully ignoring the stench of alcohol in her breath and darting his gaze away from her half-closed eyes. She pushed her bottle of vodka back behind the chair as she listened as intently as she could to the man. She nodded slowly, So you found his car? The officer solemnly nodded, granting her another faint smile. Yes, on the outskirts of town, hidden in the trees. He looked away from her fully now and glanced at the Christmas tree that had shed much of its pine needles due to malnourishment. We don't know why it's there or why he ran off, too, but it's a start. They have the K-9 unit sniffing for any abnormal scent right now. The wife took solace in the knowledge her husband possibly being okay was better than the uncertainty she had been facing. As if on cue, the little boy ran out into the living room once again, practically jumping from the balls of his feet. From <laughs> the balls to his feet. <laughs> I heard a knock, Mommy. She sat up with a sigh. Why is the kid English? I don't know. I heard a knock, Mommy. She sat up with a sigh. I didn't open the door this time, Mommy, I promise. She pushed past him, walking down the hallway with the police officer behind her. She opened the door only a crack at first, checking to see if anyone was actually there. She saw no person but a large gift placed at their doorstep. With a raised eyebrow, she opened the door, glancing to the various different wrapping papers used to wrap around the outside of this box. The officer eyed the present closely before his expression changed. Great concern washed over him as he stepped in front of her with a nervous chuckle. <laughs> Let me open it first. Probably just some pranksters again. <laughs> he stepped outside and took out his box cutter, getting onto his knees as he drew in a deep breath. This wasn't the fault of any teenage pranksters. He had been in the force long enough to know exactly what this was. With great caution, 
He took the ribbon off and tossed it aside, pressing the blade into the wrapping paper and through the top of the box. He ran the knife across until he was able to open the top with ease. As he opened it, he drew back, quickly covering his mouth as if fighting the urge to vomit. The present had been even worse than he imagined it. Curiously, the wife took a look inside, her expression distorted into shock as she let out a blood-curdling scream that echoed across the darkened sky. She hugged the wall as the little boy ran to the noise. Mommy, what's wrong? But she didn't respond, simply falling to her knees as she sobbed into her hands. The boy placed a small hand onto her shoulder. Mommy! The child moved to take a glance at the contents of the present. However, the officer stood up quickly and covered the boy's eyes, drawing him back as he stared inside the box in terror. Inside the box was a severed head, submerged to the chin in its own pool of blood. The man's hair had been matted with the substance, and his eyes were wide, almost alive with terror. His mouth hung open, and his face was riddled with cuts and bruises. A scar ran from just the right of his eye all the way down across the cheek to the lower jawline. Atop of his head was a Santa hat tainted with droplets of blood. The officer pushed the child back to his mother, who held on to her with a confused expression on his face. The officer barely stood on shaky legs, holding a ripped piece of wrapping paper and staring at it. It seemed that the legends were in fact true. He stared at the sticker that had been stuck to the wrapping paper, a still image of Santa waving his mitten to the person looking. 2. The Fortunate Family from Serious Nightshade I'm here. What a stupid fucking name! Why not just say Saint Nick? Serious Nightshade? That's that's, that's like, like my that's the drug we're on right now. That's, that's first of all serious dank shade. Dank shade. <laughs> that's that's like when you're throwing like some serious shade at someone, but you can only do it at night. So like you're you're that's a, some serious nightshade. Salty vampire. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry that we had to end the fucking Christmas special with such a lukewarm fucking present for you. But honestly, like Warm that's blue. that's what that's Warm what you blue. get. That's what you get when you're when you don't know what creepypastas you know you're gonna be faced with. Yeah, this is a long fucking this is a long fucking Christmas special, and it hasn't been that great. These stories suck. Wait. I don't have time to read all this. I just get random shit. All right, so this was the Christmas special of lots of pasta. I hope you enjoyed it with me, your host Captain Death, and our Christmas time guest, Old Saint Frowns McBoon Poon. I'm. So excited to be here again, <laughs> or I was excited. I'm not really that excited anymore. I'm pretty faded. But as- hashtag f- 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 faded. What's your favorite Christmas song? My favorite Christmas song? Yeah, let's 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 lead it out with your favorite Christmas song. My favorite Christmas song is Oh Holy Night. That sounds fucking terrible. Never mind. I don't know. Oh, I got one. Alright, just fuck it. <laughs> Rudolph the Red No Had a red coke. He snorted too much coke. And then it made his nose bright red Cause he's bleeding Have a good Christmas viewers Subscribe and like and watch us all the time Take a bolt, take a breath Smoke some weed, then you're deaf Then we're gonna have a good time Merry Christmas everyone
<laughs> that was beautiful. Yeah. And a happy fucking new year, you filthy animal. Shit.